This episode of Drama School Dropout is brought to you by Flatmates. Flatmates is a brand new play by me, Ingram Noble, and it's on at the Glasgow Acting Academy from the 2nd of February to the 4th of February 2024. Flatmates is a hilarious and intriguing comedy that follows the lives of five eclectic roommates. Debbie the history student, Sheridan the drama school star, Mitch the sociologist turned only fan sensation, Tom the lovable but dim-witted PE student, and Brad. Follow them through a wine fueled game of Monopoly when chaos ensues after Tom stumbles upon an invitation for two to the King's coronation. With tickets in hand, tensions rise and the only question is, who will seize the chance of a lifetime? You can get your tickets for Flatmates either by clicking the link in the bio or going to www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash flatmates. All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. Actors can be fucking bitchy, mate. We found out like six weeks later that she didn't actually need the crutch. It was for self-defense, just in case anything happened to her in Glasgow. She goes, are you ready to go up? And he goes, oh no, I've not prepped anything. I feel like I'm trying to like not talk about my ex. I won't lie, the minute kind of agreed that I was going to do it. I did hang up the phone and start doing setups. <laughs> One of our plays at drama school had a portrait of Camilla Parker Bowles on the set. Before one of the shows, I got caught having a wank over the portrait and I never lived it down. Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week it's episode 174 and I am joined by an absolutely cracking actor who also happens to be one of the stars of my new play Flatmates. Please welcome to the podcast, Lewis Gillen. Drama school dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama school dropout. Fuck your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout. Welcome to the podcast. How are we? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Settling back in. I feel like, sort of, without making like people hate me, I work all year round and only take time off at like christmas so i take like a good three weeks off so today i've officially turned my out of office replies off i've like actually started editing again and i'm not a fan of it i'm not a fan christmas is such a festive time and then once you get back into the swing of things i think i honestly had quite a good christmas in new year and i just got wild and the hangovers catch up with you man see i don't drink so I don't have to deal with that. I'm not I'm not the biggest drinker. If there's a night out, I go for it. But see, right now I'm in, I'm in my flat and I would never consider having a beer if I was watching the telly. See, I used to. Did you? I, oh, I used to, like, when I figured out that it was somewhat of a problem, and I'm, I'm not an alcoholic or anything, like, don't worry. But I was coming home from, like, uni and college, college and uni, and, like, Big Brother was on. This was, like, in the summer. Like, it's all good vibes. I'd go to Asda and buy three bottles of wine and sit and like drink three bottles of wine while I was watching Big Brother. That's impressive. That's... <laughs> I, that was like every night on the trot. And I was like, okay, I think, and I've, I've not drank, like, I'll have a beer. Like it was my mate's birthday the other night and we were out and I had a beer, but I, I didn't get drunk. Yeah, I've kind of ventured into beer the last couple of years. Um, it, it's that thing where when you first turn 18, you go mental for dark fruits. See, no, I never did that, right? I don't know. I grew up in, like, the Northeast, which has a bigger drinking culture than, like, Scotland. So, like, I was drinking, like, a hard hard liquor at, like, 15. Yeah, well... <laughs> when I turned 18, my palate got a bit more sophisticated and I started drinking wine and, like, champagne. No, do you know... 
I didn't really underage strength, but the problem with me was is I was a late bloomer. I was about five foot four, like two and a half, not three years ago. I was nineteen. I took a, a growth spurt at twenty. Man. No, mate, see, mate, school was was a nightmare. Uh, just because first years are showing me how to get to class. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> when I'm I'm leaving in two weeks. <laughs> no, that that is mad. Because I always felt as well, like randomly, so off topic, that like because first years or oh, yes evans in england like they got smaller every year and i was like fuck what like what's in the water around here getting demoted i was like <laughs> go back a table like <laughs> how tall are you now again i feel like i asked you this the other day six foot now i was gonna say well, i'm six foot <laughs> i'm about five eleven five 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 ten <laughs> five nine five nine. Oh no it's definitely five ten on my spotlight i'm pretty sure it's five ten so if anybody's last it's five 10 and 11. <laughs> That's just thrilling, man. This is this is absolutely thrilling viewing, but, uh, well, listening, nobody can see me right now. Unless you're watching on TikTok. Hello, TikTok. Go over and check me out. It's at Ingram Noble. Deleted TikTok a few years back. Social media is a tool when it's used in the correct way, right? So I think if if, if I was to be in your position, if I was a kind of, I know you're not a showrunner, but you're, you're writing a play, you're directing a play, you're putting out there, TikTok's the first thing you do. It makes so much sense. See, I've sort of avoided TikTok with the, the whole play thing. Like, I've just been doing it for, like, really? the podcast. But I don't know. I bought, like, a little handheld tripod the other day because I think I want to start making content, maybe long-form, like, YouTube sort of stuff. Because I think especially when I first started, like, directing and, like, putting on shows, no fucking clue what to do. No clue. Actually, I'm going to just say I still don't have a clue what to do. Like, it's... I think, you're, I think you know more than you're saying. I, I, I know, the like, the basics of, like... I know how to ring someone and be like, can I have your theatre for a couple of days? I know how to like put a show together. But like Yeah, but that's the side people doesn't people don't see. I don't know. I, I really struggle with the marketing sort of side of things. So if anybody out there wants to teach me how to like market a show, please get in touch. <laughs> but how's life? Because it's been it's been a mad couple of years. Genuinely, we've gone from a pandemic to a shitty government to a pandemic to a shitty government. But and I'm aware that that's such like a heavy hitting question. But how's life? Life is the best it's been for a long time, actually. I feel pretty, pretty chuffed with where I'm at at the minute. That's nice to hear. Yeah, it's been a lot of changes. I've just I've moved into my own place. I'm two jobs and acting as well. So it's it's, it's busy. Life's busy, but it's I wouldn't, I wouldn't really change it at the minute. Something that I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting? I have two answers. I will circle back to the second one. I had a really cool teacher in high school. Did you do high school in Scotland? No. I did one year. And then fucks off to England. Right. Yeah, I don't know why you do that to yourself. But anyway, uh, we had first and first I will and say, I, right, I, I am a patriotic Scot. I can't wait for an independence referendum. I hate Westminster. But as somebody who's done both, the English school system was better. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. Because um, I've never schooled in England, obviously. But no, the first, your first and second year in Scotland, or at least in my school anyway, you have to take drama. You have yeah. something you get kind of taster sessions of it throughout the year. And Mr. Stevenson, which isn't your name, um, you you were at St. Thomas Aquinas between the years of 2012 to 2014. Legend, really good guy. Yeah, he was he was he was just really good. Um, I think he could tell. I took a. I was actually quite shy in school. Um, I think he could tell I was taking a liking to the subject, but wasn't quite wanting to put myself out there a little bit. And maybe he'd give me like little monologues and stuff and go, go, Lewis, go. But after class, he'd go, Lewis, go look at that in your spare time and you get a chance. And he wouldn't ask me to come in and perform them, just because he'd go, Lewis, go look at that. And 
That's just, I think that's just not only a good teacher, that's just the kind of that's telling of being a really good human being, I think. Because I was quite quite introverted for the first couple of years, especially. And then, so I, I took it again in third year to, to work with him. And mm. then he left. <laughs> he went to a, he a really good job at a really good high school. And he's still there now because I, I know a drama teacher that works with him. And he's doing really well. Um, just, 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 a, just, a, just a solid gentleman. But he, after I got B drama teacher, who was just as good, she was, she was wonderful. So I just, I just kept going back. I think there's such a difference in in studying it at school or going to like after school clubs around acting. Do you remember a point where you were kind of like, nah, actually, this is kind of what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So you take it to college, and then you meet a bunch of people who are. Want to do the exact same thing? Stay at school, or I want to be an actor. It's this kind of like, you know, it's the classic eye roll, and it's the all oh, right, yeah, on you go, and then you go and you meet people as delusional as yourself. <laughs> it's, it's... I don't think it's delusion, and I I spoke about this quite a lot, and it's like aspirations. I still I don't think it is because acting, I, even though it's such a sort of closed door industry that you have to batter it down. I think it actually comes from, like, when I was in school in the Northeast, I lived in, like, have you ever seen the film Billy Elliot? Yes, I have. I have. So I lived in one of those villages. I lived in an ex-pit town where all the mines were. Like, it was really just sort of a working-class town. And same with Glasgow. I think especially the East End, the East End of Glasgow is properly working-class. But when I was in school and was speaking about like my aspirations to come on and be an actor and work in the in the arts, there was this sort of rhetoric about that's a really good idea, but make sure you get your five GCSEs at A star to C, so you can go off and go to uni and you can become a doctor or a lawyer. And I think there's a real sort of narrative of pushing working class kids into academia in order to get them in air quotes out of working class. And I, I, I think that it's done, particularly by teachers, some of them, in a nice way. I think it's done with, like, love and, like, you can do great things. But when you sort of go to college, everybody's decided that's what they're going to do. And so people are like, no, this is serious. You can do this. And and I think that's where it changes. Yeah, I would agree with what you're saying. Um, you, you do. You meet people who want to... It's that first day, isn't it? You, you, you never know how it's going to go. And then you walk in and it's, oh, what's your favourite movie? And it's, oh, it's this, it's that. And it's, what's your aspirations? And immediately you're kind of brought into a, a really nice environment. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I had a, Actors can be fucking bitchy, mate. Sucking lecturers. I, had, I got very lucky, I must admit. I had four wonderful lecturers in my two years. Um... That's not me just kissing ass. That's me being quite genuine. I had a lot of great ones. I had a lot yeah. of great ones, but I had some shit ones too. Had um, our lecturer was good. Man, I speak about Jim quite a lot because he I ended up getting him for most things. It felt just the way things were falling. It was always when I think of college lecturer, he's my first go to in, in my head. And are you a fan of Still Game? Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan, but I have seen it all the way through. Um, I think it's funny, I think it's great, but it's just, it's not my, I don't watch it as religiously as the majority of people. Um, do you remember the, the character that loans people money? Yes. At my college lecturer, James McLaughlin, he didn't tell anybody, somebody was just watching Still Game one day, and they were like, doing that classic, like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, he was, he was top, he, he was top, and a good, again, a good people person, I, I mm. felt, anyhow, 
it seemed to take to me quite well. Um, he would always wind me up and I would give it back. And then, but he was also aware when I'd lost confidence in a part I was playing and he would quite strict, but and it was we're doing a very good play called a small family business. And I think for whatever reason I wasn't I wasn't myself at the time. I'd lost a bit of confidence and I just wasn't giving a good performance. And you know, the classic director giving notes out at the end of a end of a rehearsal session and it was just Lewis, if you think you're giving a good performance, you're not, get your finger out your fucking ass. And I was like, Whoa. And it was it wasn't said it, you know, it didn't but it didn't even look at me. It was just a, it was just a case of I, I know you're better than this. Mm. Don't know what you sort of and I, and I don't I've played football for years you take you take you take construction like that and, you, and you, you put it to a good use as opposed to sulking up and go oh he spoke to me like that you know it's it's a real test on your character I think I want to find out if I really like you or not who do you support I'm a Celtic fan who's your team I don't really follow football Um, all my mates are Celtic fans sweet <sighs> do you know I've got a mental story for you we had like a first outing as a college like as a class and my mm. friend at the house party, it was Halloween because we just started in the August, and then was, was it the August or was it September? I can't remember. It was a Halloween party, and I turned up. I think I was one of the Grease Lightning guys, but I had a leather jacket on and a white t-shirt, and I don't remember what. But I must have said something to, to this girl, or she was just being an asshole, and she pulled a tequila shot on my white t-shirt, and I was a bit like, I was a bit like, for fuck's sake, class. But I had my bag with me that had my booze in it. I'd been at five sides the night before. So I changed into my Celtic top. Not try I'm just I'm just getting changed. I'm just not sitting in a wet t-shirt. And I walk past some guy who I don't know and he's just and spat all down my neck. So that was a moment a moment where you realise how many friends you've got. Because the minute like, and a couple of older guys as well who are about my age now, but I was fresh 18. I was like, I was two bottles of mad dog deep because I used to drink that shit then and it was, I was so drunk and I was so unaware of what was going on and I think the guy got kicked out and, and that mo- that was the moment for me when I realised these people have got my back. I, I also have a mad house party story from the beginning of college and I don't think I've ever told this and I don't know how much of this story I can tell. So basically, there was this one girl in our class and I, I won't say her name um, and she was basically just a bit of a weirdo. That's possibly like, she was just odd, right? Which is okay. Uh, 100%. It's okay to point that out as well. <laughs> but we were at her flat she was living in student accommodation and another fun fact about her is that she used to carry a crutch we found out like six weeks later that she didn't actually need the crutch it was for self-defense just in case anything happened to her in glasgow okay like this is the kind of shit and we are all like i'm 21 like we're in between 18 and 21 i'm one of the oldest and we're sat around this kitchen island thing and we're playing Never Have I Ever. And like the usual ones come up, whatever, ever. And she comes up to me, like I'm sitting on the edge. I've got a selfie from about two minutes before this actually happened. And she whispers in my ear, I've got one, but I can't say it because I've done it and I'll have to drink. So can you say it for me? And I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, like that's fine. And I see when this girl whispered this in my ear, I fully spit my drink across the table. She said, never have I ever been fisted. But circling all the way back, because we sort of skipped over it, what was the first ever role that you played? Yes, I do remember. It was in, we'll, we'll go with my high school exam. 
it'd be dead. I'm not a Billy, he's a Tim. But my friend was just in that, in the female version. We did that. Me and my friend Cameron and Tom, we did, I mean, he put, he's not a football guy, but I was like, no, I need to play the Celtic person. I was like, if my family are coming to see this, now I'm in a Rangers top. It's not, I'm, there's no dinner on the table that night. Like it's. <laughs> I'm going to write a play now where you're specifically in a Rangers strip. Fair. I respect it. <laughs> but no, it was good. It was... Obviously, it's high school, so it was just like an extract of it. I remember it being, out of all the, the things that were on, we were definitely the best at that time in fourth year. <laughs> Love that. If he's listening, go fuck yourself. We, <laughs> we absolutely, absolutely smashed it. <laughs> That's staying in. Yeah, I know you studied at West College Scotland, and one of my favourite things to talk about when it comes to training, drama school, all that jazz are funny and crazy drama school stories because shit happens behind those doors that people wouldn't believe. Do you have a favourite story you can share with us? I've got two that come to the top of my head. Give us them. But we could start talking and I could give you five or six. It's just the reason. Really... I'll give you my audition for... <laughs> which was... it's, pro... it's funny to me and you, people who act and people who audition. Um, I rocked up for my audition, pretty prepared probably didn't do as much prep as I would do now for an audition. Maybe a little bit kind of lazy in that regard. But I went up, I was extremely nervous. I was so, so nervous. And there was this boy went before me. He was very, very good. Then a girl went after me. She was very, very good. And I'm thinking, right, this is, this is these I'm not on these people's level. Then someone else went up and bless her. She was absolutely brilliant. But she just forgot her lines. And the, that happens. And she just got up, visibly upset and... Uh, the lecturer told she actually got in in the lecturer asked her to sit down but no it's okay I, I can see you're doing well it's okay then someone someone else went and before she's even went up to audition she's handed the lecturer her sides and she says could you possibly prompt me no no uh, um, the lecturer who I won't name was like no no I don't I don't do that but she wasn't even being cheeky she was just so confused she was just like why are you asking me to do this it was and then the, the poor girl went up and bless her, I'd, she was just, she was extremely nervous and she stood and she stared at the floor and she spoke and then she forgot, she got upset, then she started, then she stopped, then she started, then she stopped and she sat back down and which, and obviously I'm, I'm actually feeling quite bad, I'm feeling extremely bad for her and I'm thinking right, I'm looking okay here and then I'm thinking there's one person left, we're not going to let us all in, so I'm secretly hoping he's a bit shit. And she, I don't remember the boy's name, but she goes, are you ready to go up? And he goes, oh, no, I've not prepped anything. <laughs> Mate, look on your face, but I was thinking, fucking jackpot. <laughs> I was like, they've made me look like like the best the, the best person on earth. That, 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 is, that, that is why I'm an actor, because that guy didn't prep his monologue. Why? I think, I think there was a bit of miscommunication. I think he got the email the day before. I have in my back pocket at all times... And I go over them at least once every couple of weeks. I have a Shakespeare, a contemporary, and a sonnet ready to go at all times. That's very strategic because you never know what you're going to get hit with. I don't know. One of my lecturers once told me a story, and I'll I'll name drop him. It was Ian Grieve. I was at Enclan. And he was telling us all a story about um, how important it is to have a rep of stuff for you to do. And my rep is probably... very small like i should probably be adding a couple more for variety and he was like yeah i was at a press night once for this play and i got talking to the artistic director i'm like not being verbatim here like ian will tell the story in the actual way i'm just telling it as i remember it 
and Ian was talking to the guy and was like, I'd love to be in something that you do. And he was like, well, should we go upstairs and you can audition for me? And this was like so off the cuff that Ian and Ian was like, but I had shit prepared. I had stuff in my back pocket that I could pull out. Did he do the audition? He did the audition and I'm pretty sure I'll ask him. I'm pretty sure he got cast. I, I love stories like that. And all it takes is like a kind of brave, a brave person to kind of be a bit too far, you know, just mm. be a bit, be a bit bold. There was a Stephen Graham and, and I think it's Stephen Graham. He told a story that he just walked up to an audition with his friend and then the person, the casting director came out and went, are you next? And he went, no, no, I'm just here with a friend. And she was like, are you an actor? And he was like, yeah. She went like, why don't you come? And he got the part. And his, his friend didn't. But talking about plays and actually getting the roles and stuff, you're in a new play in a couple of weeks by an incredibly talented writer I've heard and director. But you're in this new play called Flatmates, which um, I wrote and I'm directing. And it's it's genuinely one of the funner parts that I think I've ever wrote. But I think there is a little bit of backstory that we need to tell. So you were not you're not the person on the poster. No, I'm not. I'm not as a lovely, hand, more handsome man than me. It's uh, Josh. So basically, we just had a bit of um, a kerfuffle. Me and Josh had a full-on scrap in rehearsals. I, I punched him in the face twice, um, and he left. No, Josh um, had a family emergency and has had to um, go off and not be a part of the show at the moment. So um, Lewis has very kindly filled in his shoes. And you've been to one rehearsal so far, and by the time this goes out, you'll have done your second rehearsal. How are you finding it? Enjoy it. First of all, I want to send my best wishes to Josh, you know, that. And... I hope your black eyes are healing, Josh. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> well, work on your roundhouse kick for next time. Um, no, of course, one rehearsal, enjoyed it. It was good. It's an extremely out-there character, and you just kind of have to... I'm not doing this yet, but you have to just let go of whatever self-pride you have and just just accept that it's not it's not you so go as mental as possible because this character is absolutely bonkers i think and i'm not saying this is in like he's the best written character ever or i'm not like trying to blow my own trumpet but i feel like he's a character that comes along once in maybe every hundred parts and i i don't know if that's because i am just a bit mental that i push the envelope a bit further than most would i think we all know someone who was like josh up and eh, not josh oh, sorry sorry josh everybody knows mitch up until a point and then i reckon that point stops about 70 percent, and then there's 30 percent that you've added i know nobody like that <laughs> Well, I do. You do. Mitch is Mitch is a real person. You've been around a lot longer than me, though, haven't you? <laughs> wow. We are the same age. Something that I was interested in, and we've not even really spoke about this because the, the timeline of you getting cast and now it's been, what, a week? Yeah, a week. When I first sent you that script and you read it for the first time, what did you think? This is mental. I, to I totally forgot they were playing Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> You just you forget, and it's in it's in the the, the log at the start. It says it. It's just yep. it's, it's it's insane, and it's and do you know what's really funny? I've got a place that I've, I I live in my own flat, but I'm at my friend's flat ninety percent of the time, and I, mm -hmm. I I just I sit with them, and then I come home and I sleep here. So I'm in an environment where I've got friends. I the smallest bit like this character, the smallest bit like that character, and it's these things happen to to mm -hmm. a certain degree. Maybe not to, who knows, maybe in your life they're, they're happening, but these are real characters. I think I think they're all a bit of me. Oh, I think really? That, I think there's a bit, of, don't get me wrong, there is definitely like characters like Mitch that isn't me, 
there's mm-hmm. little bits of me in him, but I think I think I'm mostly Tom. Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom's a great role. Tom's very realistic one second and then very emotional the second second. Mm. And- my my favourite character is Mitch, I have to say that. When I was writing it, I loved writing for him. I loved writing for him and Sheridan in particular. I like their little dynamic. I think it's it's difficult to talk about it because you've only been with us for what one rehearsal so far. What is like your favorite moment in the play? It doesn't have to be a Mitch moment, but if it is, it... my favorite moment that we've done so far that, that I've experienced was when I got to say, "But I'm not thirsty," and I don't think you were. That was me... Josh's first favorite line as well. Me and Josh need to go for a pint because we're both quite clearly so thirsty. No, it was. <laughs> See if anybody comes to see this show, right? Uh, should I just spoil it? And um, basically, that's a piss joke. Yeah. So maybe Josh and Lewis both have a piss kink. Who knows? One thousand percent don't. Um, <laughs> but I think I took you off guard the way I you said did. it. Right. Yeah. And I think that was a moment for me where I was like, I'm, I, I'm loving this. Um, I think something that you done in rehearsals, and I have to totally commend you for it. I think there's there's a very difficult challenge in making someone who is so connected to the material. Like, I have been writing this since The Fringe. I have been directing it since the end of October. Like, I've read this play hundreds of times. And something that you and Josh, I, I can't... I feel like I'm trying to, like, not talk about my ex at the same time as like but you and your ex had such a good time together and you really loved it so these things but you do it very similarly but also so differently and that was something that i had to remind myself in rehearsals the other day because i wanted to tell you to do something and then i thought no actually because that wasn't my original intention that was josh's take on it you and josh both just have such a big ability to make me laugh and it's it you do it it's i'll never laugh at the same part twice you do stuff so differently and you have such an innate ability to take those words off the page and make them funnier than I could have ever written them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a huge compliment. So I think there was a few times where I was like, fuck, I'm about to piss myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. And I was kind of like that as well because I've read, like you say, I'd read the script a couple of times before the first rehearsal and then um, I'm, I'm hearing the actors say it and I'm, I'm getting caught off guard because... I haven't. I've only read that line in my head, and yeah. there was something that something that Chris did, and it absolutely sent me. It's a bit where you told <laughs> you give him free will to improvise. Yes, that moment. So if anybody yeah. sees you giving a really, really convincing laughter on stage, it's just Chris. It's, it's just Chris has caught me off guard. What is like your favorite Mitch moment? You know, it's genuinely the moment him and oh my god, what's the other uh, Tom? Like, one rehearsal, guys. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's the moment him and himself and Tom have a kind of moment of like real brotherhood. And mm. no, I'm not about this scene. I'm talking about the scene where you know they've they've had a mini fall. They've had they've both acted like twelve year olds for a minute, and then they both act their own age. You kind of explain, no, we're brothers, we're, we're friends. I think my favorite Mitch moment, and as much as I love him and Sheridan, I think anytime Mitch and Debbie interact, they're so opposite, aren't they? Because I feel like they hate each other. Yeah, and I, I just I love that. And Mary plays Debbie so well; it's so dry, You're and I, I genuinely just think it's great. Um, but talking, you mentioned it about being naked for half of the time. 
Um, how, how are you feeling? It's not half the time. You've got your top off for 17 pages. Been, I'm being hyperbolic. I'm, I'm shirtless. That's about it. <laughs> um, oh, did I not tell you about the full getting your cock out now? I know the, um, the, the after credits scene where everybody yeah. leaves. It's just you having a wank. Just honestly, your tickets are going through the roof now, man. But don't, I shouldn't say things like that. Genuinely, like I'm genuinely joking because I hope Josh doesn't mind me talking about this. We had quite a few like people being like quite pervy around Josh and some of the messages that got sent like privately on Instagram mm-hmm. to Josh were quite alarming. So don't be. Don't be a twat, anyone. I don't know, Josh, but that's, there's, there's a line with these things. Um, yeah, I should have stopped about three messages in. <laughs> so so unprofessional being a writer, director, and now you're seducing half your cast. It's What can I say? What I'm can a horny you say? little guy. I think, jo- like, not even jokingly here, he is a really good-looking guy and he's pretty well-built. The minute they see me with my top off and I'm... This little white malnourished skinny boy for Yoko. <laughs> so I reckon so I didn't pay for this. I I, I want I wanted the hunk, but uh, I'm I am not as buff as that man. Um, so I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, I don't even know because like I feel like as an auditionee, as, as somebody who does auditions, I can't text you and go, "Could you send me a picture of you just like in your boxers?" Yeah, get your top off. That's going into territory where you kind of like start getting a reputation for yourself. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have no people auditioning for you. Um, if that's the case, um, no, it's one of those things. You just need to get over it. You need to. Mm. It is what it is. Um, I've, I've been shirtless in front of people at a beach. I've went swimming. You know, it's not. It's not a big deal. That thing's okay in the minute. And then it's not. At the end of the day, is it, it's not loose. That's sitting there topless, is it? No, it's Mitch. Exactly. I won't lie. The minute kind of agreed that I was going to do it. I did hang up the phone and start doing setups. <laughs> but I suppose what I want you to tell the listeners is. Why Why should they come to see Flatmates? I don't think there's anything quite like it out there at the moment. And I think people will be shocked with the humour. And I think that's because a lot of this type of humour, you wouldn't get away with it on telly before nine o'clock. And we're doing it at eight o'clock. Marketing isn't my biggest strength. And I've kind of marketed this play as a very pro-monarchy play. And that doesn't go down well in Scotland. I'm aware of it. Um, my views aren't pro-monarchy. Um, but it's... It's 50-50. There's characters two and four, um, four and against, sorry. And I think there's a bit for everyone in there. And I'd really like everyone to come along and see it and let me know what they think about it. I think I think even the characters are referencing that, that could be misconstrued as four. Like, Mitch doesn't care. Mitch just wants a party. Do you know? Yeah, like, true. So Mitch, Mitch, Mitch just wants to go and... Mm. But there are there are arguments in the play for the monarchy. There are. And there are arguments in the play against the monarchy. And I don't want it to look like a really one side bias piece of theatre. No. It's yep, fair. Of course. It's fair. I think it's fair, yeah. Um but please, <laughs> if you're listening to this, um if I've managed to edit it. <laughs> If I've managed to edit this, uh, please come along and see Flatmates at the from the second to the fourth of February, twenty twenty four, at the Glasgow Acting Academy. And you can get your tickets from www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash flatmates. Um, but we're gonna play a game now. This game is my favourite thing in the world. It's called Stayed Right or Stayed Shite. And it's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been submitted by listeners. And one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. And I have been told today not to read them in advance. 
Heather only does this every once in a while. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope so I can play along with you because if I'm not playing this, we're not doing it straight up. My favourite show is Would I Lie to You and I listen to it every night to sleep, so I'm, I'm buzzing right now. I'd love that. We've got to find out which one the lie is. Um, oh, fucking hell, I just saw a name. Number one, the only way you could tell if you were impressing my lecturer was if she stopped smoking her cigarette long enough to watch you that the cigarette started to burn her fingers. Number two, fucking hell. <laughs> one of our plays at drama school had a portrait of Camilla Parker Bowles on the set. Before one of the shows, I got caught having a wank over the portrait and I never lived it down. That Christmas, my secret Santa bought me a magazine subscription to Horse and Hound. Horse and Hound is a popular horse magazine. Right. Oh, and number three, my drama lecturer was caught selling our essays to students at another college. Number three's real. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, one of them's alive. If you got caught having a wank over Camilla Parker Bowles, what's wrong with you? I actually don't know. Can I, can I quickly Google Camilla Parker Bowles? It's the Queen, Charles, Charles's wife. See, this is this is what I'm saying. I could not give two fucks. Like <laughs> the current um, Queen. Respect, um, it's someone's Queen. Um, <laughs> I didn't say she was mine. I said she is the. My grandmother's my queen. <laughs> and I am just gonna say that Camilla Parker Bowles story is too good not to be a lie. I would be more concerned about someone who makes that up as opposed to someone who actually does it. I'm gonna go for <laughs> number one. Is the lie. Because it's been a it's been a long time since you could smoke indoors. I want the I want somebody to have had a wank over the queen. Yeah. I might need to just sit in with the edit with you here. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going for? I'm going for number one. You don't have to follow along with me. So yeah, do you think the lecturer stopping smoking a cigarette that somebody having a wank over Camilla or but the, I think the funnier thing about that actually is that Camilla does look like a horse and somebody b bought them a, a horse and hound magazine subscription Camilla for Grand National Charles has got to ride something <laughs> I agree with you so you're coming number one yeah number one right I'm gonna open it up I'm gonna open it up number three somebody had a wank over Camilla Somebody not only did somebody have a wank over Camilla, um, somebody got given a horse and hound magazine subscription because they had a wank over Camilla. Hi Camilla, hope you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening at home and you've got a story for stage writer stage show, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com or submit your story in the show notes using the link to the Google form. And that's all completely anonymously, unless you're Emily from like episode 54 who admitted to cheating on our boyfriend. I'll call you out. Oh, no way. Someone admitted to cheating on this. Yeah, fully. And I answered them. Fun, fun. But a question that I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, listen, I want to do a two-hander with you in the West End, but I don't know who I want to put you with, and you can pick anyone in the world, but they have to be alive, who are you picking? Oh, that is, that is really intense. I want to pick someone that I'm really going to learn from. This is tough, man. It would be James McAvoy. Mm-hmm tell you why because we went to the same school we went he went to my school it's really cool and it's i can't believe i didn't mention this earlier it's just it's you know how there's these people that you can look at and go he's done it why can't i, I think that would be if that was to touch wood man, if that was to ever happen that would be a really really big full circle moment my answer is the same as it's always been it's Catherine tate oh she's a legend isn't she i think we'd have so much fun kathy if you're available I shouldn't. Call, I don't feel like I should call you Kathy. Oh, I love that. I mean, I don't know her personally. Um, but Me neither. I've heard, I've, but she's one of those people that I've said her name 
for like 180 odd episodes now um and nobody has ever had a bad word to say about her do you know i always hear the same thing about david tennant as well yeah david tennant's lovely i love david tennant and um, we have a closing tradition on the podcast where i asked the previous guest to leave a question for the current guest they don't know who they're asking and you won't know who you're asking but the question that's been left for us to answer today is if you could only have one meal every day for the rest of your life what meal would you have what size of portion are we talking like a dinner plate. I'm overthinking this in every capacity. Do you know what? I'll start off with two Greg sausage rolls, right? Right. Right, just because you know what you're getting. At what temperature are they, though? They have to be perfect. Right, okay. have to be the perfect temperature. Not too hot, not too cold. That sweet spot in the middle. Right. Otherwise, there's just no point. I do enjoy a cold sausage roll. Yeah, we need to check your hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really meat-orientated. If there's any vegans or veggies out there, I'm really sorry. Um, a steak. Love a steak. Um, How are you having your steak cooked? Uh, well done. I'm a bit oh, of a shite. Yeah, no, we are not shite people. We are not yeah. shite people. Oh. It is the only way to have a steak cooked. But if this is my... I could go really Ingram. I'm fucking... I'm not fancy with food. Like, my pal would go out for dinner and I meet the master. <laughs> oh, I, I have the taste buds of a child. It's right, great. Um, you know, that's another thing that we will bond over over the next couple of weeks because I'm absolutely horrific. Hence the pale, pale skin. <laughs> Um, we'll go for a sunbed together. Oh, can I go for a sunbed before the show? <laughs> Two Greg sauces rolls. I'll have a steak in the middle, and we'll have chips from the Chinese. Right? It's, oh, I'm, right, I'm, that you've lost me. I'm comp- I'm I'm adding everything in from every other meal. Some sort of sauce on the steak and the chips, but not the sausage roll because that's criminal. Yeah. So my answer is a Sunday roast. Oh, you prick! Oh, because. Amazing. It, I'm not specifying what kind of meat I'm having on my Sunday roast, so I can have a different meat every day. Mm-hmm. That's this. This this is why you've been going three years, Ingram. This is why. That's my loophole. That that is my loophole. I'm having That's a the, Sunday roast. That is the perfect answer, and I'm sorry I even wasted your time with my answer. Do you know what? I'm kind of down for the like the variety of a sausage roll, a steak, and chips. We'll have it after the final show, right? I'll bring the sausage rolls, you bring the sticks. But what question would you like to leave for the next guest? Doesn't have to be about acting, can literally be about anything you want. But um, where can everyone follow you on social media and stuff to keep up to date with what you're doing? Um, my name is Lewis Gellin on Instagram, and it'll be easier to find me on the Flatmates, the Play Instagram. Yeah, everything's linked down in the show notes below anyway. Um, but genuinely, thank you so much for coming on and doing this, and I will see you in um, four days, three days. Three thank days. you for having me. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 174 completed. Thank you so much to Lewis for coming on the podcast, and make sure to come along and see us both in Flatmates at the Glasgow Acting Academy from the 2nd until the 4th of February. And you can get your tickets at www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash flatmates. But before you go, make sure to follow myself and Lewis on social media. You'll find all of the details and links you need down in the show notes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, why not tell someone about it, leaving us a rating and a review on the show. We'll recommend us to other listeners and help the podcast grow, and it means the absolute world, so please, please do that. And don't forget, if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, you can email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com, or you can go down into the show notes below and click the link to the Google form and submit your story completely anonymously. As per usual, I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode, but until then, have a great week, stay safe, I love you.
drama school dropout. No graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout.